Welcome to Risky Business, a show where we get to explore new and innovative ways to understand and reduce risk by bringing together some of the leading professionals in the transportation and the insurance industry. My name is Scott Grandis. I hope you enjoyed the show. Let's kick it off. Well, welcome back to Risky Business, everybody. As you all know, this is uh, my favorite thing that I do. We were just talking for you, Matt. You got a lot of stuff that goes on in your business day, but this is the time that I like to look back, reflect, see how we can look at different risk points, see what we can talk about as it relates to changing the industry. And uh, today is no different. So I've got somebody very cool with me here today. I've got my friend Corey from PolicyFly, and we are going to talk about all kinds of cool tech stuff and risk and insurance and all that good stuff. So before I say anything more, Corey, welcome. And uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, what Policy Fly does, and then we'll kind of kick it from then. Go where we go. Awesome. Well, uh, hi everybody. I'm Corey. I am the CEO and uh, one of the co-founders of Policy Fly. And uh, Scott, thank you so much for having me on the show. Really excited to be here. In a nutshell, what is Policy Fly? We enable insurers to sell and manage specialty insurance. So our mission really is to get out of email and PDFs and uh, into a world of rich data, insights, automation, and better service and turnaround times. So we effectively do, what does that mean? Two things, right? One is we have a core platform that goes from submissions, rate quote, bind issue, manage a policy, and that translates to either someone having the pen and doing underwriting, or you issue and manage the policy or, and or both. So this means MGAs, carriers, Lloyd's brokers, London co- cover holders, or folks with a combination of in-pen, in-house pens uh, or prior submit contracts. And then on the other side of our business, we do a lot of ingestion work. So agents don't want to stop sending their submissions in over email. And so we are now actually taking those unstructured disasters and turning them into qualified submissions inside our platform. It's actually really cool. So just, just a little about us. We've been in business for about five years now, have about 24 employees, work across many lines of business. But we have a big soft spot and a concentration in wheels. And it's really, really challenging class of business for a whole host of reasons, which is, I think, why we love it. Uh, or maybe we're just uh, sick, sick people. So here we are. Uh, that's a little bit about us. I think it's the latter in my situation. There must be something wrong with me. I've, yeah. I've been stuck in trucking for a long time. <laughs> but no, it's cool. And yeah, yeah hopefully, hopefully. No, Oh yeah, for for sure. And you know, for for those listening, if you just heard everything that Corey said, it's pretty obvious why we're talking. You know, I think we see the same we see the same stuff, right? You see kind of an age-old industry that just keeps doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And when you when you hear underwriters talk, I don't think they're winning. <laughs> uh and so, you know, I think it's time for change, which is why we do what we do why you do what you do, and why I love to talk about this stuff. So so challenges in trucking. Let's start with the agent. Um, what do you see? So I, I've heard ingesting uh, old files, getting away from email. So for me, when I look at the agent, let me back up. When I look at the agent, I say, or anybody, regardless of who it is, if you've got a paper and some intensive situation, right? So you're relying on somebody to give you accurate information on a piece of paper, and then you have to take that and you have to make well, for cover holders, MGAs, reinsurers, insurers, they have to make a financial decision based on that static data. 
how often do you see static data that you have to ingest and then turn into a submission? I mean, I think that, you know, when you think about just no matter the line of business, insurance and agents, like this entire industry is an industry of unstructured data. It is just, you know, 300 years of fun, magical, unstructured data. Now we've come a long ways from the coffee shop days of Lloyd's, but like, I think that ultimately we are not that far away still from just basically things being thrown down on a piece of paper, a napkin, whatever, and sent in. I mean, there's handwriting submissions. There's just no, you look at 10 submissions, not one of them is going to be the same. And they're basically just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I think the commonplace is that for um, insurers to kind of just sift through that and try to figure out what's what and try to underwrite that risk. And so I think to your question, like all of it, all of it is uh, unstructured. All of it's a mess for the most part. Yeah, I'm telling you, I see it as well. And I think there's, I don't know if you see it much on your side. I, I, I see it quite a bit on our side. Um, and I'm starting at the agent level. We're going to go, we'll go all the way through the insurance supply chain as it relates to this stuff. But it's almost as if they just, they don't want technology. They, they just want to, they just want to do what they've done and, and sell insurance and, you know, that and go play some golf. You know what I mean? And I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying that. It, it, that's what it feels like, right? You know, it feels like they're, they're hesitant to use technology. Oh, uh, 100%. I mean, I think that for the most part, if you're sitting in an agent's shoes, I think technology equates to actually more work for the most part. And, you know, technology for agents is pretty much seen as like actually more work because now we're asking them to key in their data into this portal. Or can you fill out this other form that's in our format? Or can you go and get this information? And so... I think that, you know, there's a resistance to adopting any technology from an agent perspective, especially because there's this disconnect from the insurer and the agent that just basically means that at the end of the day, the agent kind of has the upper hand because they have the submission, they have the business and they're sending it around. Now, unless that submission is complete garbage, meaning terrible losses, bad drivers, et cetera they're going to have a little bit more of a pick and choice in the markets and they're going to see competition on rates. So it's kind of, they still are in this mindset of letting the markets come to them. And I don't really honestly ever see that changing, but I do see the future changing where it just becomes less increased work for an agent to be able to get multiple quotes or, or to put together a submission and submit it as opposed to more work. And I think that that timeframe is actually much closer to where we are than has ever been. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. If you move that hesitancy to use technology from the agent up to the insurance supply chain, it now starts to, um, in my opinion, it starts to lose data and lose data quality so that you know when it goes from submission uh, to the MGA or the cover holder, and then it goes from the cover holder on the border row to the reinsurers or it goes to the insurer or it goes to claims like it that access to data dilutes the further along the insurance supply chain you get which in my opinion is nuts right because the person that should have the most information is the one that is actually paying the claim right and responsible for the financial part of the claim which is the insurer or the reinsurer right and so i think right the more that we get that 
the more that we get that ease of use down at the agent level, I think is 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 huge because then we can start to wrap in all kinds of fact checking and grabbing data, and now you start to weed out the um, the, la- the 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 untruths sometimes, right? <laughs> when it comes to a submission, yes, and that's a really interesting point you you brought up because ultimately you might get 20 30 50 pages of information on a commercial fleet vehicle schedules drivers nvrs loss runs like it can really add up and the hilarious part about where we are as an industry is that that is now being summed down to 10 20 questions right what are the commodities Tell me about your vehicles. Tell me about your drivers in a very, very high level aggregate way. And we do that because we want to make it as painless as possible for either the underwriter or the broker or the agent to get the data in. But if I were to estimate how much data are we actually capturing versus what truly exists for that submission, I would say it's probably less than 10%. And so if you summed up like all of what's happening in this industry, and you summed up this entire podcast, which is awesome to be here. I would say that we're going to say like looking at two things, right? One is that it's all about data, which leads to better decisions. And the second is all about workflow and automation, which, which okay. yields speed. And those okay. are the two primary themes, really. And I think that um, from a data perspective, we haven't had an opportunity or we haven't had the technology to to capture beyond the 10%. And you mentioned like as the data flows from MGA to insure to claims and processing, every step of the way we're losing part of that 10% and there's just tons of leakage of data, which then translates to, well, we can only really do any sort of rate changes or understanding of our portfolio and losses based on such a myopic view of what is actually on risk. If, really and here's the other big question, does anyone really actually know what's on risk? You know, there's some information, but it kind of just looks like a monthly border row, right? So yeah, the data part is, is the most important for sure. And I think that it's just been honestly kind of impossible to do uh, up until recently. Um, and we're going to see a lot more of it come uh, more rollouts with artificial intelligence and just being able to use um, some of that tech to throw at some of these problems, which um, is kind of, I think, the exciting part for the industry. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what. So I had a really good conversation with a with what, what I'll call a large, a very large fleet this week. And they get so much data, right? I mean, think about all the technology in these trucks. And then think about their recruitment department and all the data that they get during the recruitment process and their MBRs and their background checks and their PSP reports and their drug screenings and their their data qualification files and all of this stuff and get cameras inside, outside, upside down, everywhere, right? That there's no way to organize it, right? But it's all there. It's all there. And like one of the things that I would love to see, and this was a conversation I've had with multiple fleets including the one this week is how do we help those fleets? Like, how do we help those fleets understand like, okay, this is what the insurance industry is going to look at. This is what's important for you to pay attention to. 
Otherwise, you have no control over your premium. You have no control over your deductibles, and you have no control over who's going to who's going to actually insure you. And so, um, I think the more that we can teach down below the agent to the fleet level, and ultimately the driver level, and also teach all the way through the supply chain, that listen, there is data out there. There's a ton of it. It's accurate, and you can use it. And then think about this is the other thing I think about when and I, I thought about this because you said AI. Uh, so we're working that we got an AI ML project that we got, we're working on with Amazon web services or we're about to fire up with Amazon web services. I should say when you don't have the data, you can't learn. Right. And if you do have the data, but you don't have it structured properly, you can't learn. And so AI and ML are no good if you don't have the raw data and if you don't have it structured properly. So I, I think it's, and then that hurts everybody in the insurance supply chain from the driver all the way up to the people paying the claims. And I think the more that we find ways to get accurate, big data involved in the industry in an easy way, that was another huge word to use, in an easy way, I think I think we're all going to win. Yeah, 100%. Which is, I think that, you know, if you look at the entire history of insurance and where we are, two, 300 years, right? I, there won't be... Uh, in my opinion, a such a massive transformational shift in the next five to seven years as there has ever been in this industry. And so how can insurers, brokers, um, MGAs, et cetera, anyone, as you mentioned in the supply chain, take advantage of that? I think all just comes back to data and uh, the systems that they're using, the platforms that they're able to, to tap into. Uh, to start to uh, capture more and more of this data. I think that the um, outlier of insurers today are doing work in this space. I think the majority are still not in this world. They're still kind of going through a lot of manual processes and just you know going along with the bare minimum data that uh, data needs that they have. Um, and I think that's that's just going to be an evolution and certainly change significantly over the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. And you know, I you and I both spend a lot of time in London. And I think from what I see, at least from my view and my opinion, the London market is ready for the change, right? Because, you know, again, they, they take it on the chin. They're the they're the ones that have to pay the claims and they're the ones that have to explain why are we losing money on this line of business, right? And and I still feel today it's not as bad as it was like three or four years ago, but when you mentioned the word trucking liability in the London market, people kind of it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like at night when all you see in the streets are the rats running around. Like everybody runs for their houses and they're out. They're like, nope, 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 don't want it. Not interested. No, no, no good. Right. But I think you know some of the cool comments that I've heard recently in the London market um, were things around you know, listen, the fact that I now can get access to data is making me start to think about capitalizing risk that I would have never touched before. But now I know that I can see it, I can touch it, I can feel it, I can get data from it, and I can learn from it. Then, you know, they're not that they're going to shift overnight, but I think, you know, to your point, I think we're going to see a huge shift. And I think it's going to happen more quickly than we've ever seen anything happen in trucking, at least in my years, because it's time and the data is there. And, you know, we got people like, like you bringing the data out to them saying, you should see this because it's important. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's fun to think about 
the future. And there's so many talented people in this industry that have so many great ideas, right? Like, I'm sure you, you talk to so many of them. So many like really innovative underwriters and innovative brokers in the space that are trying to figure out how do we push the envelope? How do we get an edge? How do we create more value for the actual end insureds, right? Because okay. it also is tough being uh, a trucker. And I think that there's so many great ideas in the space, but without data, we're still paralyzed. There's so little that we can actually do, but it's starting to become so interesting to think about, okay, well, actually these edge cases that weren't possible or these ideas that weren't possible a couple of years ago are now heading in the direction of possible. And what happens next is kind of exciting, right? We, so we start first capturing the data. Okay. Then, well, we start using that rate to, uh, that data to inform rates and risks appetite and things that we want. And then all of a sudden we can start to fine tune that and using things like ClearConnect to enrich that further, we can then start to consider, well, you know what? I want to automatically quote this profile of an account and get really granular, really specific about it. Um, and then we're going to start seeing the industry move to a bit more real time versus same day or next day turnaround on new business. It's going to be much more real time. And then we're going to see a lot more dynamic pricing and cancellation and monitoring, fleet monitoring around telematics and, and the data that you guys are able to provide. So the opportunities and the ideas in the space will are all dependent on what happens over the next couple of years with data and integrations. But I think that the future is, is incredibly bright. And I think that you know, a lot of folks might feel a tinge of anxiety that like, well, I'm going to be left behind or like, is my business even going to be around? I think that, um, and and to be honest, I think I, I at least personally have gone through this like self-reflection moment because, you know, in the software business, everything moves even faster. And I think that what what I see in the insurance space is that, you know, first of all, you know, hard to always size up a market, but Commercial auto has got to be at least fifty billion in premium. Physical damage inside of that class is probably at least ten to fifteen billion. Um, and so, if we start go from this wide approach of well, I wrote, I write, you know, this specific line of business. I do APD, I do cargo, or I do liability and other classes of business inside of transportation. Then, and you kind of go from this fairly non-specific targeting and you start going to very hyper specific opportunities in the industry, I think that there's so much premium to go around. And I think that the opportunities and innovation to be able to target and go after certain niches will actually create more opportunity for everyone involved and with much stronger and better underwriting performance. So we can expect to see those ratios to become more favorable. We can expect to see uh, hyper focus and hyper target based on everything from region to specific driver criteria to, um, you know, actual real-time telematic data. So I think all of that becomes a boon for actuarial science, underwriters to innovate, brokers to differentiate, and just realistically, less, less everyone doing the same commoditization and more folks doing more unique product offerings. So... Yeah, I, you know what? I 100% agree with you. I have heard, I mean, you know, I, I go to London every six to eight weeks 
and uh, the people think I'm going to start talking British soon, which I do have some things I can say in that in in the in the British uh, in the British language. But anyways, you know, you go there and you you got thirty to fifty meetings or whatever you do over the course of your ten to twelve days, and you get some people that are just like, I, I don't need anybody to replace me in my job, right? <laughs> like that is not what we're trying to do here, right? We're trying to actually make you even give you access to more data to make better decisions. That's it. Uh, I'm not here to tell you what to do. And then you have others on the opposite end of the spectrum, which you had mentioned this too, which will say, I have an idea. And we heard me say this in a call the other day. Don't say a word to anybody because I know that if I can get my hands on that data, I can do something that nobody else can do. And I am willing to take the risk because it's unique. It's different. And so I find there, there's a couple of people that when I meet with out in London, I'll, I'll mention one of them because I tell them this all the time. Um, David Perkins over at Brit. Like I, I love to geek out on data conversations with him because his mind is always like, what can we do different? How can we do different? What can we reach out and do something with the data? But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you get people that are like, no, we're good. <laughs> so I think, I think we're going to see it. I think we're going to see all types, but I think at the speed at which we're going to see the change and the unique ways that people are going to re-examine how they insure, I think people at some point are going to have to say, like, how the hell did they do that? And whatever they did, we got to figure it out because we got to be able to compete. That's amazing. Yes. I definitely think that there is a forcing function here because it's what I've found is it's, it's kind of an industry that, you know, when someone finds something that's working, you have a whole bunch of folks that then it almost becomes like a, a standard. Once there's a track record in the in, in in the industry, it's exciting to see that happen. And that's, I think, goes back to this, we're all in this together in a way, right? Like this is a competitive, but very friendly industry. Um, you know, one day you're working for your company, uh, you, the next day you go to a competitor, but in general, it stays friendly. And I think that, um, <laughs> I think that like, Together as an industry, as we think about doing more things uh, in partnership, I think will yield the best results. Um, and I think that's where it's exciting just to see the dynamic. And there's so many independent players that play a role in the supply chain that they're, they're, it actually is already built in, right? And um, you mentioned your trips to London. Scott, when are we going to do one together? Because it could be very dangerous, be very fun. <laughs> we may not make it back alive, but uh, that, would be, <laughs> that would be super fun. I'm going to do it whenever you want. You're going soon, right? Next week. I'll probably go yes, again, probably the first, last week of July, first week of August-ish, somewhere in there. But maybe we do one after that, maybe sometime in yeah, September. Cool September. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun yeah. and dangerous. That's right. Oh my God. <laughs> I need a liver transplant by the time I get back. <laughs> oh, good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, well, cool. Yeah, we got. we definitely got to book that. Um, all right. So listen, I got one more big question yeah. for you and then we'll wrap up. So a lot of change coming, going to happen quickly. Out of everything that you see, what are you most excited about when you look forward to the change that's coming? Great question. I think I'm most excited about, and, and we spent, I spent a moment talking about this, but I'm most excited about the conversion of unstructured data in the supply chain and such limited actual capture of this data to 
actually turning that into structured data because that to me is the fundamental like foundation of this beautiful new house and future that we're going to build. And I think that that is what is going to be, I or at least I believe, um, the biggest kind of catalyst for change and the biggest dependency blocker that has certainly restricted so many great ideas for seeing the light of day that are now effectively possible. And so that to me is uh, what keeps me up at night in a good way, keeps me up at night in a bad way. And I think we'll have the biggest profound impact to what we're talking about here. Um, that to me is 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 the answer. Oh my God. That is like the, so, so I would say that and then I would add one thing. So we're going to do this London trip together. We're going to do all the things we talked about together. And then in about five or six years, we're going to look back and we're going to be like, holy shit, look at what we just did. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Big yeah. time. It's going to be like uh, going into a museum of feelings. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, listen, Corey, thanks for joining. This was awesome. I love it. I lo Every time we talk, like these... Talking to you is like, I have, I have literally like six people that I super enjoy talking to because it's just easy, it's fun, and you're on the same wavelength and you're one of them. So I appreciate you being on. We will book this trip to London and we're going to get all these other things we've been talking about going and um, we're going to have some fun. If we could only figure out a way here to offer insurers a platform to actually capture and process all this data and then actually tap into real-time data insights on fleets, ops, and drivers. If we could only have some sort of solution, that would be, um, can you imagine? Can I imagine? I can. I can imagine that you and I are going to make it happen pretty shortly. <laughs> yes. Thanks for again for having me on and uh, always love these conversations. I have to say that I get super fired up every time I talk to you as well. So um, I, I've really enjoyed our conversations that we've had so far and can't wait to actually meet you in person and uh, have a pint. There we go. We'll get it done. All right. Well, listen, be well. We'll talk soon and we'll have that pint soon. Peace. All right. I hope you enjoyed our show today. Remember, when it comes to creativity and innovation, I always like to quote one of my favorite lines out of the movie Tommy Boy. If you ain't growing, you're dying. There ain't no third direction. My name's Scott Greenbus. I'll see you on the next show. Peace.